Hi everyone and welcome to the European Heart Journal Case Reports podcast. My name is Dr. Jonathan Hudson, I'm a cardiology registrar in South London and today I'm sharing with you a case report published in our journal entitled Vaping Tetrahydrocannabinol Unmasks Brigada Pattern and Induces Ventricular Fibrillation in Brigada Syndrome. It is written by Amit Seri, Patara Ratanawang, Tina Firuzbak and Dan Saraja from Phoenix, Arizona and Flint, Michigan in the USA. This is a really interesting case report that highlights both an important genetic cardiovascular disease, Brigada syndrome, and an increasingly important environmental exposure, cannabis. The case itself involves a 48-year-old male with a history of hypertension who had a witness cardiac arrest at home by his wife after ingesting vaporized THC. He was found by the paramedics six minutes later and was shocked out of polymorphic ventricular tachycardia. The patient regained consciousness and was transferred to the hospital unintubated. The patient's past medical history was notable for one previous syncopal episode brought on by exercise 20 years ago, in addition to a family history that included sudden cardiac death in his maternal uncle at the age of 55. Subsequent ECG screening of his maternal family was all negative for a Brigada pattern. He had been a regular user of vaporized THC for eight years due to chronic back pain. On admission to the ED, he was clinically stable and his ECG demonstrated sinus rhythm with a type 1 Brigada pattern, that is, right bottom branch block, prominent coved ST elevation, and a negative T wave in V1 and V2. Investigations were notable for a positive urine THC level of 60 nanograms per milliliter. The lab reference of normal is less than 3 nanograms per milliliter and a mild hypokalemia of 3.3 millimoles per liter. His ECG abnormalities persisted after correction of the hypokalemia. Cardiovascular workup demonstrated a normal transthoracic echo, a coronary angiogram without signs of coronary artery disease, and an exercise test which had been done one month prior to hospital admission, which was negative. He underwent genetic testing, which revealed no genetic mutations suggestive of inherited arrhythmic or cardiomyopathic disease. A diagnosis of Brugada syndrome was made and an ICD was implanted before hospital discharge. At 18 months follow-up, he remained abstinent from THC and had had no arrhythmic events. This case report raised a few interesting points which I'm going to review, including the increasing importance of THC as a cardiovascular environmental exposure, the arrhythmogenic mechanisms of THC and how it could unmask Brugada, and finally some diagnostic issues that this case raises. So firstly, cannabis is a psychoactive drug from the cannabis plant that exerts its physiological effects through cannabinoids. Although there are 100 active cannabinoid compounds in cannabis, delta-9-tetrahydrocannabinoid, or THC, is the main active ingredient. Why should we as clinicians be more aware of THC? Well, firstly, cannabis is the most widely used drug worldwide, with 4% of the adult population using it regularly, according to WHO. The prevalence of daily use or near daily use has increased almost twofold from 2011 to 2019. Secondly, it's being increasingly legalized around the world for not only medicinal but also recreational use. Six countries and 18 American states have so far legalized recreational use, with more surely to come. Now, THC has a number of cardiovascular effects that are important to be aware of. These effects are exerted via the CB1 receptors distributed throughout the cardiovascular system and form part of what we call the endocannabinoid system. 
Ingestion of THC consistently increases the heart rate from 20 to 100% from resting baseline within a few minutes, with a 30% rise in cardiac output seen. The drug also has a biphasic effect on the autonomic nervous system, with low to moderate doses increasing sympathetic activity and higher doses increasing parasympathetic activity with subsequent bradycardia and hypotension possibly induced. The most common cardiovascular complication of cannabis injection is in fact orthostatic hypotension and syncope. The cardiovascular effects of THC can be proarrhythmogenic. However, the type of arrhythmia caused is not consistent and likely confounded by concomitant alcohol and other substances being ingested. Most of the prospective evidence linking THC and arrhythmias indicates an association with sinus tachycardia and some P and T wave changes on the ECG. Retrospective analyses have identified that THC is a risk factor for dysrhythmia and, associate, and it's associated with AF, while high-grade AV block and ventricular tachyarrhythmias are limited to case reports. It's worth reflecting on the current evidence base which is derived largely from younger individuals. We know less about the harmful effects of THC in older people with pre-existing cardiovascular conditions. The patient, reported in this case report, had ingested vaporized cannabis. This may be something to be aware of when asking patients with, about a social history, as firstly it's an increasingly popular way to consume the drug without the toxic byproducts of smoking it, and secondly, vaporizing the drug leads to markedly higher levels of THC in the blood. Now the final diagnosis made in this case report was one of Brigada syndrome, an autosomal dominant genetic disorder with variable expression that is characterized by an increased risk of sudden cardiac death in a structurally normal heart. The condition is associated with defects in genes encoding, ca encoding cardiac sodium channels, whose loss of function may provide a substrate for re-entry and fatal ventricular arrhythmias. ECG abnormalities and arrhythmias are often unmasked by a stimulus, which could be drugs, a febrile state, electrolyte abnormalities, just to name a few. There's a comprehensive list of possible triggers that is provided on brigadadrugs.org, and I would recommend anyone looking after patients with Brigada to head there for more information. Now to make a diagnosis of Brigada, you firstly need ECG changes that are typical of a type 1 Brigada pattern. That's ST elevation in one of the precordial leads, either unprovoked or provoked by a sodium channel blocking agent. Then you need one of documented ventricular fibrillation, polymorphic ventricular VT, a family history of sudden cardiac death at less than 45 years of age, a suggested ECG in family members, inducibility of ventricular tachycardia with programmed electrical stimulation, syncope, or nocturnal agonal respiration. The patient in this case had the ECG changes and polymorphic VT, and hence was given a diagnosis of Brigada. Now this case poses the question of whether cannabis can unmask Brigada syndrome. On the brigadadrugs.org website, cannabis is listed as class 2b, which means there is conflicting evidence or opinions regarding its role in Brigada. There are five case reports published that present patients presenting with a Brigada pattern on their ECG, but no subsequent diagnosis of Brigada syndrome. These patterns all reversed after THC abstention. There are two other published case reports of Brugada syndrome presenting as cardiac arrest. One case had a very clear family history of sudden cardiac death, and the other underwent procainamide testing to unmask Brugada. 
it has been suggested following these case reports that THC may unmask Brugada by two possible mechanisms. First, vagal hyperstimulation at high doses of THC and shortening of the action potential that can precipitate tachyarrhythmias. And the second possible mechanism is that cannabinoids may also modulate the sodium channels themselves through partial antagonism. It is likely the combination of these two mechanisms that leads to Brigada pattern on the ECG described in the previous case reports. A further interesting question raised by this case is if the patient does have Brigada syndrome, why was it not unmasked in the eight years of prior cannabis use? It's possible that the vagal stimulation required to unmask Brigada with THC only occurs at very high doses, and that this patient had never had such a high level of THC in his system before. He was also hypokalemic on admission, which may have further increased the risk of arrhythmia. Finally, there exists some evidence to suggest that with chronic THC exposure, there is a further increase in parasympathetic activity that might override and drive vagal hyperstimulation. So in conclusion, I'd like to share with you the author's learning points from their case. Number one, tetrahydrocannabinol can unmask Brugada syndrome and induce ventricular fibrillation. Number two, tetrahydrocannabinol may induce fatal arrhythmias in Brugada syndrome, regardless of the routes of administration. So thank you to the authors for this case report for highlighting this interesting case. And thank you for listening to the European Heart Journal Case Reports podcast. References and the original case report are available online. Visit academic.oup.com slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Our music is Computer by State Shirt.